Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, good morning. Whoa. Um, let's give the worship team also a great hand. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And girls, sorry. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Steve Potter. I'm a member of this congregation. Feels really good to say that, actually. Um, uh, and... Um, We've already had our message this morning. Thank you, Suzanne. That was wonderful. Who enjoyed Suzanne's preach? That was, that was awesome. I'm just here to do the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with <clears throat> No, not, not true. Um, let's just pray. I'd also like to just pray for Marty and Karen and family, if that's okay. Uh, just this, Father, we just thank you for this church. We thank you for what you're doing through us. Uh, in us, first of all, but more importantly, also through us, uh, into the community around us. And Father, I, I just lift up, uh, together with this congregation, lift up Marty and Karen and their family. Father, we pray rest, restoration, uh, recovery in areas that's needed, but also, Father, that you would bring divine um, uh, uh, impartation, uh, under, understanding, and Father, just an enthusiasm for what you've got for us as a church, Father, going forward. The Father, I'd come back just, just full of, your, of expectancy, of your goodness and your grace uh, for the next season in Jesus' name. And Father, we just pray also for this, for this time together this morning that by, by your power that you would uh, do what only you can do. Father, that's what we're expecting this morning. We, we want to see the things that you, only you can do operating in our lives this morning. That, Lord, there would be, there'd be uh, just a, a transformation through your word that would impact us and enable us to be able to, to be who it is that you've created us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so, yeah, if you're a visitor here this morning, my name's Steve, um, part of this congregation, and it's my privilege to be able to share with you. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of Luke that's in the New Testament, for those who are un unaware. Um, and I'm just going to share a, uh, a little bit this morning. And then what I'd like to do, if we can facilitate this, I didn't know who was going to turn up this morning, by the way, because it's, first of all, daylight saving. That usually means people arrive an hour late. Secondly, it's a, uh, it's a public holiday right in the middle of school holidays. And um, often people do go away on holidays. When we led a church, I, one of the things I did do was impart the spirit of holidays into our congregation. And um, uh, on, on, on public holidays, often <laughs> there was no one there. I remember the worst situation was there was the, only the worship team and me in the front row. And then at halftime, we swapped over. And, and uh, um, but, uh, but it's great that you've turned up. Thank you. Um, not for me, but for, for what we want to do this morning. So I'm going to look at the, the Gospel of Luke, um, starting, well, looking at verse uh, chapter 4, and then uh, moving from that into hopefully what I'd like to do is, is um, who needs a breakthrough this morning in your life? Who, who, who just like, 
you know, just be honest, all right? Who, ne who needs a breakthrough? Because what I'd like to do is actually invite, at the end of the meeting, invite people to come forward, and we're going to make some declarations this morning. Is that okay? Over our lives. Now, if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Don't declare anything you don't have faith for. But if God is witnessing to your spirit this morning over a particular aspect of what I want to share, then I want to encourage you to, if you, if you feel more comfortable sitting in your seat and doing that, that's fine. But there's just something powerful about just stepping forward and, and making a declaration because what it does, it's, it sends a message uh, to you first and foremost, but also to, to the, the spiritual atmosphere and environment in which we live. How many of you know that we live in a spiritual environment as well as a physical environment? And sometimes we have to deal with both, yeah? And so I just want to encourage you, this is, this is going to, we're going to make time uh, for, for you to be able to do that. Um, I'll probably call the music team up, so get ready if, you, if you've got the opportunity. But uh, I'm going to read out of Luke chapter 4, or just talk out of Luke chapter 4, but um, let me just give you the backstory. Uh, Luke chapter 2, we see Jesus, the uh, Bible says, towards the end of Luke chapter 2, it says that He grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. So He's established Himself uh, in the community in which He lived. And then we see in chapter 3, Jesus was baptised uh, in water and then the Holy Spirit descends upon Him in bodily form. That's what the Bible says. And there was, a, there was an impartation of the Holy Spirit on Jesus at that particular time. By the way, if you haven't been baptised, I would encourage you to do that because there is something powerful about that statement as well, where you get up and you make a statement and say, I am choosing to, you know, you've already been saved, uh, but there is a public, it's a bit like when you get, you get married, you say to your wife that you love her, but then you make a public declaration at your wedding where you say, I, I make a declaration that we are going to do this thing together and we can't do it without God's help and we can't do it without the help of the community. Amen? That's, that's, that's what weddings are all about, by the way, if you're, if you're interested. Um, because we say, in the presence of God and these here witnesses. I, know, I used to be a marriage celebrant for a little while. Anyway, so we, so we, so we make a, a declaration. And then the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. And then we see in uh, Luke chapter 4 in verse 1, uh, by the way, if you do agree, you're more than welcome to acknowledge and, and say amen or whatever. That just helps pander to me. Um, uh, but uh, uh, thank you, brother. Uh, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, um, returned from the Jordan. Jesus, the Holy Spirit came upon him. And it says that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and then he was led by the Holy Spirit into the desert uh, or through the desert. And at that time, won't go into all the detail, but he was tempted uh, by Satan at that time and won, of course, as if there was going to be a contest. Uh, uh, but then it says in verse 14 that Jesus uh, returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. There is something powerful uh, about when you go through times of testing and you win. Yeah. Amen. True? Yeah. Who's ever experienced that? That, there is the, that when you face challenges, and this is what I'm going to talk about this morning, not necessarily facing challenges, but, but uh, the, 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 the engagement that we have with the world around us in a way which is vastly different than the way that people in the world uh, engage with that. That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. And so um, we see that Jesus returns to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit 
and news spread about him throughout the countryside. Uh, and I love that, that aspect of, of, of what that transformation that went. Jesus went into the desert full of the Holy Spirit, but returned out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit because he had had some engagement and, and walked through some challenges and had come out victorious. All right. So I want to encourage you this morning because my desire, <coughs> excuse me, my desire this morning is that uh, in your personal lives and in your life and our lives together, that we, we create an environment where people can, can uh, um, uh, be victorious. Who would like to see some victory in their lives? How many of you know we're in a season that we, we, we need some examples to stand up and go, hey, you know, there is victory. All right. There's a lot of negativity out in the world. I don't know whether you're aware of that. Maybe you've heard. But my passion is to see the church rise up. You know, at such a time as this, I believe the church should be just rubbing their hands together and go, beauty, this is our opportunity. This is our time. All right, just, we got this. All right, just, just relax. You know, we, we got this as the church. We're, we're going to see people healed. We've been thinking about miracles. I don't know what miracles mean in your context, but for me, the miraculous is, is fairly broad space. It's, it is, it is um, uh, uh, healing. Uh, but it's also all sorts of things, breakthroughs, as I'm going to share this morning. So who needs a breakthrough? I just want to encourage you this morning. I'm going to sort of talk about that, and then we're going to pray. Is that okay? Yeah. Cool. And then it says that Jesus went down to the um, little synagogue in Nazareth. If I ever go to Israel, never been there. Anybody been to Israel? All right. Um, if I ever go to Israel, first port of call for me is the temple in Nazareth. Why? Because something dramatic happened in that place 2,000 years ago. And let me read uh, what it says. It says that Jesus um, went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to the synagogue as was his custom. And he stood up to read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him and unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began uh, by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. That is a powerful event. In, the, in this little temple or little synagogue in Nazareth, what Jesus was doing was he was standing up and he was giving a declaration of his intent. This is what some may call uh, the manifesto of the kingdom. What was happening at that time and is still happening in our time is the kingdoms of man and the dominion of of uh, evil forces have made their way into planet Earth. All right. Again, you may have realised this um, in, in recent times. But Jesus's uh, concern was not so much about them. His concern was about the coming or the ushering in of the kingdom of God. And folks, I want to encourage you this morning that Jesus has outlined or through the scripture, Jesus had picked up what the prophet had said some years ago in Isaiah 61, which is where it comes from. 
and he announced to the people there and also to the, the, the spiritual realm in which he was born into that now there is a change of season. Now there will actually be a change of governance, not talking about overthrowing governments, so just relax, all right? But there is a change of governance in the way that those who have engaged with, with uh, the Kingdom of God, as we mentioned, uh, as Suzanne mentioned earlier, that, that we have engaged with our Father and we are now His sons and daughters, that there is, a, there is a people who have the ability and the power and, and, and the, to, to be able to actually transform the circumstances around them. Can you say amen? If you, if you do believe that. All right, because that's what we're here for, aren't we? Otherwise, we should be on holidays going surfing. All right, we're here because we want to be better at engaging with the world in which God has placed us, our sphere of influence in which He has taken us into, whatever your vocation is. I've had many jobs, as I've said before, and, and, and it makes absolutely no difference. You know, I, get, I, get, you know, I often get challenged by people, you know, what do you think about this latest philosophy or theology? I go, oh, I don't know. I just know what God's told us to do, you know. It's it's actually not that hard. Let's get good at this and then we'll worry about that other stuff. Um, uh, but anyway, all right. So uh, as I share some of these aspects, I just want you to just say, God, is what is, what is God highlighting for me? Um, I wrote this down this morning. Uh, what is God highlighting for me for breakthrough? But also what is God highlighting for me for multiplication? What do I mean by that? God gives us uh, the ability to be able to, to uh, uh, see His power and His, His majesty outworked. We've been singing about it for the last, I don't know how many months. We've been talking about miracles and uh, we sing it, but are we really seeing it? And I want to encourage you this morning that the, that the miraculous is available to us. Amen. Yes. Couple people. All right. Cool. Hopefully by the end of the, the, this, uh, you, you'll see where I'm going. Okay, so, um, so let's, uh, let's go with this. I'll be about 30 minutes and then, um, and then we're going to pray. Okay? And if you have to go early because you've got barbecue on or something, that's fine. All right, so last week Marty said that uh, often transformation comes through communities, not just one person. That is my passion. I've been around in the church for a number of years now and I've seen lots of ministries come through where one person does something and everybody gets blessed and that's awesome, but then it doesn't get multiplied. And that is a challenge for me because I've endeavoured in my life to go, to go, I want to learn how to do this, but more importantly, I want to learn how to facilitate others in seeing what God wants to do through them. And my whole purpose of preaching or being involved or engaged in church life is not just to have new friends like Keith, uh, but, to, but to, to impact the lives in whatever way I can so that people can gain um, confidence to be able to go and be who it is that God has called them to be in, in the community. I don't need to see another miracle to believe that God exists. I could tell you, I, I could spend... I don't know how long telling you about stuff that I've seen. I'm sometimes embarrassed because I've forgotten what I've seen. And God reminds me and I'm going, oh my goodness, that was amazing and I've forgotten it. And, and, but I don't need to see another miracle to know that God exists. But I'm desperate to see miracles so that, so that people who haven't, haven't walked in that, that, that experience can, can engage in such a way that, that they're seeing it happen through them. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. 
Bible says in Judges chapter 2 that Israel served the Lord through the life of Joshua and the elders who had experienced all the good things that God had done. And then in three verses later, it says, and then another generation grew up who did not experience the things that God had done, had did. Yeah. And then it says, and they did evil in the Lord's sight. And my passion, folks, is, is if you have seen the miracles of God, tell testimonies because they have power to transform people and, and to ignite faith and spark something so that, so that people with generations that come after us can then take the baton and run. Good. A couple of people are excited. Awesome. All right. So let's look at some of the aspects that God wants to do. Jesus said good news to the poor. This is one I think that we uh, can, these are people who are, are, have been financially disinherited. Have, do you know people who have been in this situation? Maybe you are one this morning. Maybe you're struggling in the areas you finance. There is good news, good news to poor. Good news to poor is not that it's okay, one day you'll go to heaven and then you will be rich, right? That, that's sort of good news and it's true, but the good news to the poor in the announcing of a transition from worldly systems to kingdom lifestyle is that we can operate in a financial way to see breakthrough and, 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 and empowerment and release come into the lives of those around us. I'm not going to talk too much about money, so just relax, all right? Just, I'm not going to ask you for anything, all right? Um, good news to the poor is that there is a way out of poverty. If we're going to bring a, a, a new kingdom order to the communities around us, then it has to be in every sphere or aspect of society. And one of them is into the area of finances. Many people worry too much about finances. Either they have too little and they're worrying about their lack or they have too much and they're worried about losing it. Um, uh, both operate from a poverty mindset and both are driven by fear. And in the kingdom, we can never be driven by fear. We can only be motivated, as I think I shared last time, by the love of God. And the love of God brings about transformation, not just uh, in us, but also through us. And there are two financial systems. Um, all of these, by the way, all of these um, points, there's a whole preach in each of them. I'm just going to touch on them quickly. And then if that witnesses to you, if you need breakthrough in finances, we're going to pray. Amen. All right, two, two financial systems operate in the world today. One is the world system, which is based on wealth accumulation. Um, these are my words, so uh, you might have your own interpretation. And then there's a kingdom system, which is based on sowing and reaping. And in our experience, what we've discovered is, is that, that sowing and reaping has incredible benefits, both to us and also the community around us. Um, God says the amazing thing in Deuteronomy 8.18, it says, But remember the Lord your God, because He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. All of us have the capacity to be able to produce wealth. What's it for? It says to confirm his covenant. What covenant was he referring to? I believe it was the covenant that we see in Genesis chapter 12, where, where uh, God says to Abraham, I'm going to make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. And it goes on to say later on that through you, all nations will be blessed. All right. And so when I when I look at finances or when I think about finances and all those sort of things, this is the context which I look at it in, is, is um, I've got the opportunity, the ability to create wealth. What do I do with it? Well, it's there for blessing. 
It's there to engage opportunities to bring people and demonstrate the nature and the character of God. True? Second Corinthians says, now, um, uh, now him who supplies, he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. All right, we eat the food, but we sow what we need to sow. He will also uh, supply and increase your store of seed. So that's a miraculous provision uh, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way. Say every way. So that. I've got that in bold. You may be generous on every occasion. Say every occasion. occasion. Who wants to be generous on every occasion? All right, we, we do that by creating wealth. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I don't know anybody who's actually said, uh, wow, I, I, I'm, I'm thanking God because you're poor. Um, I've never had that experience in my life, uh, but I have had experience where people have thanked God because we've been able to sow into their circumstances and maybe they were struggling with, with situations and, and God just comes in and through prompting of the Holy Spirit or something, been able to bless people in that way. Imagine if we measured our financial success not by how much we've accumulated towards the end of our lives, which is important to make sure that we've, we can you know, retire you know, and do those sort of things, but how much we get to give away through our lifetime. I've sort of tried to add it up. I'm a bit of a stats person and I've sort of tried to add it up and I'm going for a million. I'm not quite there yet, but I've been around for a long time. So, uh, so who knows where I'm at. Anyway, so, so good news to the poor is part of uh, the, the kingdom order that we want to bring into our environment. Second thing is freedom to the captives. All right. I see these as people who have been uh, uh, disinherited by their circumstances, captive to their circumstances, be it their social standing, their lack of education, their family history, or through even fear and anxiety. A lot of people struggle with that nowadays because of the, the way in which our, our, our world is being managed or mismanaged by um, certain forces. Some people are kept downtrodden by deed or words. Some people, there may even be people here this morning where you have been in a situation where someone has said something over your life and that has, that has caused a ceiling or a plateau on your life. And we used to get it at school, you know, you'll never amount to anything, you know. Thank God for teachers who have been trained in a way to to be able to elevate kids. All right, because kids are so susceptible to what others say, and and um, it's it's so important. But some people have been sealing by 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 even just words, and we want to break them off this morning. All right, we want to, we want to do business with God this morning uh, toward the end, and let's let's break off some of those things. All right, captive to mindsets that keep them trapped in cycles of unbelief, never able to break out of. Part of kingdom transformation and kingdom order is to see people set free. All right. First of all, you get set free, but don't wait until you, you know, people say, oh, when I get set free, I'm going to pray for others. No, praying for others may just be the catalyst for you to get breakthrough in your life. True. All right. So, so, so don't wait. These things are available because the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon who? You. Bible says in 1 John uh, chapter, I can't remember, two I think it is, it says you've received an anointing from the Holy One, all of us. And if the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus to do these things, then the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to do these things. Amen. Amen. And so uh, part of that is bringing people out of captivity. Uh, I am, one of my jobs is I'm a trainer. 
Uh, I do training in uh, telecommunications and I had a period of time where I was, I was training with job seekers consistently and I don't get to get up and say, you know, do you want to come and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour in those environments? I'd probably get sacked. What I do get the opportunity to do is, in the process of that, I teach kingdom values. And I talk about things that I believe that, and, and it's amazing watching people's lights switch on because they've never heard that. They've never heard, and, and it's such a privilege to work with people who are struggling to get work. First of all, helping them find work, which is awesome. But if, even if they don't, just the, just the opportunity to be able to encourage them and speak words of, of life into them and, and teach them the things that God has taught me over the years so that they can, they can at least go and, and start setting some things together in their own lives. All right? We need to help those who have been bound by fear. Tell them what God says about them. Teach them how to deal with the lies that torment them. How many of you have had the lies, you know, spoken, you know, you, you get them in your mind, all right? Do you know what to do with them, all right? Because there's, there's keys in Scripture that enable us to be able to deal with those things. It may take you a few minutes. It may take you numbers of years. That's called consistency. But there are opportunities for us to be able to break those things that are in our minds and start to walk into the freedom which God has made available for us. That's why he gives us his word. I don't need to read the Bible. I've already read it. I know what's in there. All right. But I do consistently read scripture because it, it, it continues to awaken me in various aspects of, our life, of my life. And sometimes God highlights things and sometimes God says, go here. And sometimes I open my Bible and I go, whoa, I hadn't read that for ages. Look at that bit, little bit there. Now, I have a confession. I don't read necessarily the Bible every single day. I know Sorry. But Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, um, uh, do not forget the book of the, of the Lord. Do not let it depart, depart from your, your mouth. All right. It says meditate upon it day and night. Now that I do do. All right. I meditate upon the things that God has said day and night. And I don't let it depart from my mouth. And so I speak it out and I, I make declaration over things and I take scripture and in circumstances of challenge, I do make declaration. I do, uh, do warfare in those circumstances. And what I see is breakthrough come. As I said, maybe a couple of minutes, maybe numbers of years. I've had them as well. But the consistency, it's eventually we see the breakthrough come. Amen. Songs. Songs are so important. True. I don't know about you, if it wasn't for some, we used to have scripture and song. Anybody remember scripture and song? Gail, Dale and Dave Garrett from New Zealand, you know, basically just took scripture, put it to music and played it and, and we all sang it in church. If it hadn't been for that, I honestly don't know whether I'd be alive because some of the challenges I've faced, it's just been by meditating on those songs and singing them that has enabled the breakthrough. So you're in a challenging circumstances, fear is coming against you. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? What scripture do I read? And then all of a sudden that song, what did we sing to, uh, this morning, um, uh, Jonah? Uh, the one about uh, um, when, I, when I fight. You know, when I fight, I fight on my knees. Yeah, battle belongs, thank you. Uh, fight, I fight on my knees. Um, what do I do? Oh, my hand's lifted high. That's a good idea. All right, I'll do that. I'll posture myself. To see God, God do something. Um, uh, because why? Because the battle belongs to you. Every fear, every, every fear. Oh, okay, I get my fear. I lay at your feet. 
All right, I, I can sing through the night because I'm awake, because I'm worrying. Um, and, and so I sing through the night because the battle, battle belongs to you. Amen? And then we get into worship. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Hang on, nothing can stand before the power of our God. You know, you shine in the shadows, you win every battle. Nothing can stand before the power of our God. Now all of a sudden faith is starting to rise, yeah? Faith is starting to rise. And then when faith starts to rise, what do we do? We always do a key change. Amen. And then we go, Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand before the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand before the power of our God. And then the drums come in. Then I'll fight, I'll fight. I'm everybody on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. Every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. How many of you feel a little bit more encouraged right then? Huh? So you go from this place of worry and fear and you come out in this place of like, hey, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Amen. Just a couple of keys. All right. Uh, continuing on. Uh, the next one, Jesus says, is, is speaking out of, reading out of Isaiah, recovery of sight to the blind. Um, this is for me, I, I, I see this as more than just sight to the blind. I see this as physical healing. All right. So there is a physical uh, capacity to be able to see the power of God heal. Now, some people say, yeah, well, you know, we're not too sure about that. Could have died out with Jesus, could have died out with the, with the disciples. I don't know. All I know is that Jesus was pretty psyched on it. He did a lot of it. All right. And, uh, and it demonstrated the power of God, which no one else could do. I thank God for doctors. I had my appendix out in Malawi in Central Africa. Not a great experience. But I've also experienced the supernatural power of God of healing, both in my body and also praying for others. And so uh, this is something that, that is available to us. And as I think Bill Johnson said, is our birthright. All right. Uh, there seems to be a stirring once again of an expectation of the miraculous. I love that listening to a message the other week from a church in town and the uh, pastor was just sharing about God is just stirring them again for, the, for, the, for breakthrough in the miraculous in physical healing. If you need healing this morning, let's pray and believe that God will do what only He can do. True. Have I ever been dis disappointed with God? Never. Have I ever been disappointed that people didn't get healed? Often. I used to pray for lots of people. No one got healed. Then I got a little bit better at it. And now the odds are getting better because I didn't give up. Yeah. True. And so I, I, let's take every opportunity. My passion is to see the next generation be so expectant and confident in the miraculous that they'll walk down the street and their shadows will heal the sick like it did in the book of Acts. I'm very glad I had experienced the power of healing well before a well-educated person who'd been to seminary explained to me that it cannot happen. True, had that experience. Well, Steve, you know that it can't happen today because, because it finished, I've been to seminary, I know all the stuff and, and it finished back in, in the days of Jesus. I go, well, that's a challenge because I've prayed for people when they got healed. And I've never been to seminary, but I've been to Calvary. That's a song by the Reverend Dan Smith. I've never been to seminary, but I've been to Calvary. 
Go and look it up. It's quite fun. All right. Um, either we believe the Word of God uh, and work towards the benchmark, which was Jesus, uh, or we develop doctrines of unbelief, and in doing so, we create a God according to our intellect rather than worshipping the God who is and is to come. Scripture is clear. Those who believe will place their hands on their sick and they will see them recover. I love the story in Luke chapter 7 where John the Baptist has been the one who heralded Jesus' arrival. We all know the story. Uh, Baptised him, said, Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. And in a moment of distress, because he was about to have his head cut off, don't know whether you've ever had that experience. Anyway, he, he wondered, is it Jesus or is there one to come? And he sent his disciples to go and ask. And Jesus sat them down and went through all the scriptures and explained that the prophet said this. And the prophet, no, he didn't actually. What he said was, go back and report to John that the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. That was his response. The disciples went back and John would have gone, oh my goodness, of course, because he knew that scripture talked about that the ushering in of the new kingdom order was going to be heralded by miraculous signs and wonders, including the manifestations of physical healing. And folks, as I said, I think I said last time, the, the world has a legitimate claim on us as the church to see breakthroughs in physical healing. Amen? I remember I was in Central Java uh, once and uh, I was summoned by a... Did I tell this story last time? No? I was summoned by a guy who was a a high-up person in uh, the Muslim community in in this particular area and uh, he he summoned me to come and pray for him because he had cancer. He's in the last stages of cancer. And, um, uh, and, And I said, why do you want me to pray for you? He says, because that's what Jesus does. And I went... Right. All right. The bad, the bad news is, good, good news, I got to pray for him. Bad news was he, he eventually died a couple of weeks later, which was unfortunate because I'm going, oh, God, if you'd only just you know, healed him, the whole community would have got saved. You know? and, and, but, but you've just got to go, OK, God, I, I just got to be obedient and I've got to trust you for the consequences. And, and, I, and, and if there's something I can do better, then show me. But I'm not going to stop because it's part of your... your um, your work, all right? Um, my mantra, if I'm allowed to have one, um, is Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 and 8. It says, as you go, Jesus talking to the disciples, as you go, preach that the kingdom of heaven is here, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those with leprosies, cast out demons and do it for free. And people come to me and say, what do you think about this latest conspiracy? I go, I don't know. I do know that I need to preach the good news of the kingdom, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. What do you think about this new theology that these guys have just come up with? I've got absolutely no idea. What I do know is to preach the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. When I get really good at that, I might spend some time looking at some of this other stuff, but right now I'm busy doing this. And that has kept me sane in the last 18 months because you would not believe some stuff that people uh, are presenting to me, particularly on Facebook. I don't know about you. Do you, do you talk to Facebook? I say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Or, or the television sets, the worst one. 
you know, four, seven out of every four people are going to die from some serious illness or something. I don't know. I tried to add it up one day, you know, all the different illnesses and they, all the statistics, and it's like 15 in every three, you know, which is impossible. Um, you know, and I just get up and I say, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Stop trying to sell me something I don't need. We've got, we, we've, we've, nothing can stand against the power of God. True? All right. Um, uh, all right. I hope that's encouraging. Release the oppressed. Next one he says is talking about releasing the oppressed. These are people who are spiritually and emotionally disinherited. When people spend a lifetime running against the kingdom of God, it often results in some bruising. Uh, it may require some repentance and deliverance from demonic activity that they've engaged with. Um, it may require some healing of their emotions, which is a little bit different, and uh, release from agreements that we have made with demon powers. All right, uh, there is something, and that is our privilege as the church, is to engage people where they're emotionally and and spiritually bruised. That Jesus says here that they can be released. Yeah. Amen. And and He outworks that through us because the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon who us, and He has anointed us to preach good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, freedom to the captive, release to the oppressed, and we get to this point. Um, Deuteronomy 17 establishes in Scripture the thing called the power of agreement. I don't know whether you've heard of it, um, but it's something very important. Uh, James chapter 5 says, oh, it's, it's, it's echoed by Jesus in Matthew 18, where he says, if two of you on earth will agree, a matter may be established. Okay. James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, uh, If any man lacks wisdom, they should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. But when they ask, they must believe and not doubt, lest they be tossed about by the, by the, by the waves. It says such a person uh, will never receive anything from God. They are double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Is James being harsh? No, he's just being real. What he's saying is, is if you waver on, in your opinion, because often there's what God says and then there's what the devil says. True? Anybody had that experience? Sometimes it's what God says and what your circumstances are saying. I think we've all had that situation. And if we waver in our opinion where we're going from one to the other, one to the other, one to the other, we get into this place of double-mindedness. And that produces instability. And we need to listen to God and believe and not doubt. Okay? Then we will receive what is available to us. If we just agree with our circumstances or we just agree with the lies of the devil, then what we do is we start establishing strongholds in our minds which need to be pulled down. Good news is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 and 5 says, the weapons that we fight with uh, are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What are strongholds? Well, it tells us in verse 5. They are arguments and pretensions that have set themselves up against the knowledge of God. So God's saying this, the enemy is saying this, or our circumstances saying this, and if we start to come into agreement with that, then what we're doing is we're establishing an agreement point. And we need to break those agreements and start agreeing with God because these are just arguments and pretensions, pretensions that have set themselves up against the knowledge of God. All right, so they're illegitimate authorities and we need to break those agreements and start agreeing with God. 
Does that make sense? And I just want to encourage you this morning that if maybe you've made some agreements, maybe you, uh, you've, you've gone, you know what, it's just too hard to do this. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do this because it looks easy. It might look easy, but it's not helpful. All right. We want to establish those things um, with God. All right. Um, all right. Where am I up to? Worship team, if you could, you could come up. Um, that's my, my time done. Uh, just gonna, we're just going to make an opportunity now for, for prayer. Okay, I just, I just felt this morning that I just want to continue what's God, what God's been doing in the, in the meetings. Uh, I wasn't here but we had a, little, a couple of weeks ago, but we had a, had a time of, of, uh, of ministry. And uh, as I said, there's something powerful in, in, in just making those declarations and those statements of, of walking forward. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, then I would encourage you uh, to be one of the first to come forward. You can step into this new kingdom realm, which can govern your life, which is totally different to the way in which the world governs. All right. There are some helpful things in the kingdom of man, like roads and other things. All right. But in the area of the kingdom of God, it has supernatural power to be able to break some of these things I've talked about. Amen. And God is the God of breakthrough and He wants to bring breakthrough into your lives, first and foremost, so that you can be free, but secondly, so that you can be who God has created you to be. All right? The whole Scripture talks about out of, into. All right? We've come out of the kingdom of darkness, not just to be delivered, but we go into the kingdom of His glorious Son so that we can impact the world around us. Right? The reason we are here on the planet still and Jesus hasn't taken us to heaven is to make a difference. Amen? And we have the power. And if just go and meditate on this scripture. But if something is really highlighted to you this morning, I want to give you the, an opportunity. What are we going to sing? It's probably a bit loud. Um, but uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, I, like, I like that one later on in the set was, Sorry? Yeah, do that one. Miracles. Let's have some miracles this morning. Eh? <laughs> Who wants to put their faith out for a miracle this morning? Amen. A couple of you. That's wonderful. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Um, the last section here says we proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. I don't know whether you know what the year of the Lord's favour was, but it was referring back to a significant event in the Jewish calendar, which was called the year of Jubilee. Year of Jubilee was one where every debt was cancelled, every slave was freed, and land was returned to the rightful um, owners. All right? And so everything around the Jewish, uh, in regards to economics and everything that went on, was always done in, in reference to where we were in the, in the time of, of, the, of the Jubilee. All right? So land was bought and sold, and its value was dependent on how much time you got to use it because at the Jubilee, you had to give it back. Slaves were engaged, um, but at, at the Jubilee, they were freed. And when we come into the Kingdom of God, that's what happens. The debts against us, as Suzanne has already preached about this morning, are cancelled. If we're in captivity, slavery, you can be freed in Jesus' Name. Things that rightfully belong to you 
Maybe things have been come down through your family lineage that are not helpful. God can restore what He wants to restore in your life. Amen. And this is the level playing field we get to operate from. This is, this is the starting point where when we engage with the Kingdom of God through Jesus Christ and we accept Him as not just our friend, but as Lord and the one whom we follow, then we can start to develop and operate in these things where we can get free, but also we can be freedom, where we can break out of poverty, where we can be generous, where we can be freed up in physical healing so that we may heal others, where we can uh, be released from any oppression so that we can bring, bring uh, release to the lives of others around us. Amen. So why don't we just sing this song. If you have to go this morning, God bless you. It's been wonderful to see you. Have a great rest of your um, public holiday weekend. Um, but if you just want to come and uh, just allow God to minister to you, uh, I might get a couple of people just to work with us, Suzanne and Stuart and um, Noni. Uh, just, just work with us. Uh, if we need to pray or we need to administrate anything, we will do that. Uh, but uh, let's just... Let's just spend a little bit of time. As I said, if you do need to go, then go. Um, God bless you. Have a great weekend. Um, that's it from me. But let's just, let's just worship God.